to More Living with Jim Brogan, your source of information for living the best years of your life, your way. For more than a decade, host Jim Brogan and his expert guests have come together each week to share important news and advice that can impact the lives and well-being of those who are retired and those nearing retirement. Learn about issues like health and fitness, financial planning, social security benefits, investment advice, and more. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Good morning, East Tennessee. Welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And, you know, one of the biggest impacts of the coronavirus pandemic has been on our schools and students throughout the entire country and, of course, right here in Knoxville. Knox County Schools made the tough decision to close classrooms and schools in April for the remainder of the year. The recent rise in cases across the nation and in Knoxville have the school year looking unlike anything we've ever seen before, from delayed starts, socially distanced classrooms, virtually learning environments, Many students and parents are very nervous about the unknowns uh, of this upcoming school year. So this morning, we are honored to have Knox County Schools Superintendent Bob Thomas join us. He's been the superintendent of Knox County Schools since the spring of 2017. Uh, 48 years ago, Mr. Thomas started his education career as a teacher at Bearden High School, or excuse me, Bearden Junior High and then Bearden High School. He's led a distinguished career in education. And he's worked very hard on a platform to increase student achievement while reducing disparities, which is a really big talking point for today for sure. Good morning, Mr. Thomas. Welcome to our show. Hey, good morning, Jim. Uh, Thank you, and it's a pleasure to be with you this morning. It's great to have you. What a time to be in education. You know, you started your career, Bob, as a teacher and worked your way up the administration ranks right here in Knoxville. You know, before we get into all this pandemic stuff, just talk about how education in Knoxville have changed through your 40 years in education. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> lots, lots of changes. Uh, of course, I started out uh, uh, with the Knoxville City Schools. There, at that time, there were two, two school systems in, uh, in Knoxville. There was the Knox County School System and the Knoxville City School System. And uh, I believe it was in 1987, the city schools uh, went out of business, actually. So Knox County, uh, and that's by, by law, I guess, is responsible for uh, the education in the county. So uh, uh, we, were, uh, we, we became one system. Um, and uh, since that, that point in time, of course, there have been a lot of changes, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, oh, gosh, the different models with teaching. I know at one point there was a Tennessee instructional model that was uh, uh, there for years. And, of course, now we're using, uh, in terms of our evaluation, uh, the team model and the rubrics that go along with that. So there have been changes with, uh, you know, with teacher evaluation. There's been changes with um, the instructional models. Uh, of course, big changes with uh, budgets, as I've seen many budgets uh, increase, I guess, over the years. And um, just, um, uh, I know the, um, it, the demands placed on teachers with, uh, you know, the evaluation at this point, with the uh, the testing that uh, that takes place, uh, you know, that for, for students. And, and so there have just been, uh, been a lot of changes. Uh, and we, we were going along uh, pretty smoothly there for... Uh, <laughs> For a number of years, and then all of a sudden, of course, uh, this pandemic, which is uh, you know basically Crazy. wreaked havoc, 
you know, with everything, including education. So, you know, and trying to have school and and provide what uh, what parents want and uh, in in terms of uh, educational opportunities for their students and trying to uh, figure out how to do this uh, for parents who who uh, don't want to send their children back to school and then trying to figure it out for parents who do want to send their children back to school. So it's a uh, yes, it's just uh, it's it's been an interesting. Uh, Last several months and uh, challenges uh, just about every day when you go to work there'll be there'll be something else to come up I hadn't really thought of so uh, we're trying to work through yeah. all that and and, and but uh, yeah just a number of changes but I, I've been so blessed I guess to serve uh, you know in this community for uh, a number of years and when I look back I'm thinking you know gosh 48 years and basically start out uh, uh, you know the, the same uh, same organization a little different uh, in terms of where I started with city schools to county schools, but but nonetheless, to work for one school system, work in one school system for uh, that that length of time, it's really an honor for me to have served in all the different capacities that I have served in, and uh, and especially uh, this capacity. And uh, uh, gosh, I, I wish it was under a lot of different circumstances. I'm sure a lot of other people wish that too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, we're making the best. And in Knox yeah, County, that- we're we're going come out of this stronger than uh, stronger than we were when we went into it jim so i yeah, i feel good about that and we have just so many outstanding teachers and outstanding principals and uh, uh gosh we've got a great board of education they put our students first and our, our staff first and uh, uh they, they they're they're concerned about the safety of our students and that's the number one concern student safety and staff safety and uh, um but we're going to make it all work and uh try to do the best we can to uh Give everybody the uh, uh, you know the option that they're looking for within you know within reason. I, I know that's impossible, but uh, but I think we've um, come up with a you know reasonable plan to to try to do that. So well, uh, again, so just I, I definitely want to look forward, Bob, uh, with where we're headed this fall. But before we do that, let's take a look back to this past spring because things were evolving so fast, and you were having to react to things. Things and like almost every school district in the country, you did have to shut the doors this spring. How hard was it to close the schools early this past spring? It was it was a challenge, <laughs> um, and what made it a little bit more of a challenge, we were kind of at a disadvantage in some respects because we we happened to be on spring break um, at at the time the decision was made to uh, not to go back. So, um, you know, folks left out of school on well, we were actually out uh, the, the Friday before spring break officially started. So, um, and we had we had taken that day because again there were some uh, uh, some issues around the virus and so forth. So we we actually took that Friday off, and then but people people at that time were expecting to return. Our teachers were expecting to come back, our principals, our students, obviously, and 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 for not to come back, uh, it, it made it a real challenge because again, you know, students had materials uh, and so forth at, at school and uh, band instruments and and all kinds of things like that. Our teachers. Um, uh, uh, obviously, wouldn't have taken taken work home in preparation of not coming back, and uh, so there were there were some challenges there just because we happened to be on on spring break, and uh, sure. some additional challenges yeah, throughout the spring uh, uh, in terms of not being a one to one district, meaning that that each child would have a their own uh, laptop or their own uh, device. Uh, we we weren't at that point, so uh, we were really restricted in terms of the um, instructional 
opportunities we could provide for for our students. Um, and again, you talked a little bit about disparities. And you know, one thing you know, we know there were students who 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 had uh, had devices and and maybe could have carried on in some some form or fashion. But there were also a number of students without devices and and some that, who had devices that didn't have did not have internet access, which you know posed a real problem uh, there if you were trying to do uh, any kind of online instruction so uh, basically all we were able to do at that point was um, when we prepared instructional packets uh, for students but it basically was uh, you know was review material and uh, introduced new no new learning at that point and uh, um, so I know there were parents uh, you know really really upset about that and I understand and I, you know and I certainly get it we 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 need every educational opportunity so just the the lost learning time you know it was a big a big concern for us but uh um we there was really nothing we could do about it we had students with disabilities too that their their individual education uh, plans uh you know things kind of come to a halt there because obviously not in school and and um you know not having contact with uh, their their educational our, our students with disabilities with their educational um uh oh gosh uh, teachers and and case managers and, and and things of that nature so uh we we were really kind of stalled out basically and you know, we we weren't prepared, but but you know, I, I, I'm not sure that anybody was was prepared for what was coming. But uh, so yeah, I don't you know, think anybody about... was prepared for a global pandemic. Rod is <laughs> just so crazy. Well, you you mentioned so, uh, the disparity and the gap in learning, and you know, the reducing disparities has really been one of your big platforms. You know, what are teachers and administration doing to address the time that was lost this past? April and May. Well, the uh, part what we're what we're looking at, of course, is how do we make up that lost time, and uh, uh, what uh, what we plan on doing as soon as we get students back in back the ones that are going to return in person, and then also in the virtual program learners. Uh, you know, it's, it's to, to 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 assess where they are and what can we do over the first few weeks, uh, maybe to uh, to uh, first of all determine. Determine where students are and and uh, the lost learning that, that 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 took place and how can we build how can we build that back over the you know the early part of the uh, school year over the first several sure. weeks of the school year. So just uh, you know just trying to make we we do that and and let me just say too I know students students are resilient <laughs> very resilient sometimes more so than uh, we give them credit. For being and and again with with our our great teachers, outstanding teachers, I know they'll, they'll make every effort to to get the students up to where they need to be, so they'll be successful in the next uh, sure. you know next sequence that they're taking. And let me say one other thing you know, about the the spring. Can I just mention one other thing? Yeah, I'll forget it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the. Uh, you know, we served, um, and I'm so proud of of, uh, of the fact that uh, our, our our school nutrition workers and, of course, our principals and teachers who volunteered, and we had other volunteers too, volunteered their time. You know, we we prepared like over eight hundred and thirty thousand meals, I believe it was, um, uh, the, over the the time that school was closed. So at our KCS sites, we served over eight hundred thousand meals, and 
and a great partnership with CAC. They helped us out at their sites. They served another uh, little over 31,000, I believe. So it's about 830,000-plus meals to students who would not have otherwise had meals during that, that closure. And I think people sometimes lose lose sight of that because we have a lot of students. You know, when they come to school, they, 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 they we provide that nutritious meal for them, breakfast and lunch. And uh, so that, that that was something that I'm just so proud uh, of, of our folks for uh, and volunteers for helping us to to prepare that number of meals and serve that number of meals. So I know I know our community and our parents really appreciate that too. But I just wanted to to uh, brag on our on our school nutrition workers and and our principals and teachers who volunteered their time to make all that happen. Yeah, and it really has been great the way everybody has stepped up. You know, you mentioned the one to one learning with technology and there, you know, where you were then and then how are how your position going into the fall is another story. You've got a lot better a lot better preparation, uh, some time, some funding from the CARES Act. So I'll tell you what, we're, we're visiting with Bob Thomas, the superintendent of Knox County Schools. When we come up or come back, we're going to talk about how uh, the, uh, the CARES Act is providing funding and what Knox County has done and is doing uh, to enable more one-to-one learning and what does that mean. And, and then we'll, as we move forward, we'll get into the issue of who, you know, some are going to be attending school virtually and some in person. So Stay tuned as we visit with Bob Thomas right here on More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. You are listening to More Living with Jim Brogan. During the week, Jim is a financial advisor, an author and speaker with an MBA from the University of Tennessee who specializes in helping people in or near retirement plan for the next phase of their lives. You can reach Brogan Financial during the week at 865-862-6800 or on the web at broganfinancial.com. And now, here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Thanks for tuning in this morning to More Living right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan, and we're visiting with Bob Thomas, superintendent for Knox County Schools, about, you know, kind of what where we've been and where we're headed. And as I mentioned there, Mr. Thomas, the CARES Act included funding for school districts, and you were able to secure technology, is my understanding, uh, with those funds to make the district one-to-one. So talk a little bit about how that, you know, the importance of that and how you're providing Internet access. I know the, the Haslam's have, the Haslam family has helped pay for technology insurance for students who can't afford it, and, and, but access to the Internet is so important. So just kind of walk us through where you are and how excited you are to see Knox County be able to do this. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. And yeah, we we're very grateful to uh, the Haslam family, as you mentioned, the the insurance uh, at the thirty dollar fee that we're asking parents to pay. It's an insurance uh, uh, fee to help uh, with uh, repairs and so forth of the of the laptops. And um, the Haslam family uh, is is kicking in about nine hundred thousand dollars just so that we you know we can uh, keep those those laptops we can keep them in the hands of our students. And you mentioned the CARES Act fund, funding, which is very important because without that uh, it would have been impossible for us to, uh, I think, to do the the one to one initiative, and we received about twelve point nine million dollars. So seven million of that we've uh, we've kind of dedicated, I guess, to the uh, the one to one initiative, and uh, we uh, we got an early start. I want to. Uh, 
especially thank our board of education for as soon as, soon as we got this, uh, you know, to go ahead with this money and all we had on the agenda to do the one to one initiative initiative. And, uh, so thankful for our board of education for approving it. And, uh, also our county commission, uh, for approving the, the use of those funds. So we, uh, we're purchasing, uh, about 40,000, uh, laptops, uh, Chromebooks actually for, uh, our students. Uh, we've got some on hand that we're, uh, that the board wanted to make sure we used the, the, what we had on hand and get the service out of those before we, uh, you know, introduce some of the, uh, the new, uh, computers. But anyway, we've ordered about 40,000. Those are, those are coming in. Um, they're, they're not all here yet. We're hoping by, uh, mid August that we, that we have all the, uh, all the deliveries, but, uh, uh, they're coming in kind of on a weekly basis and, uh, we want to make sure that we, uh, get those ready to, uh, uh, get out and in, into, into the hands of our students as quickly as possible. So, so in the event we have to do, uh, if, if we do have to face with our face with a closure that we can do the, the one to one, but, um, uh, yeah, the Chromebooks, uh, we also, we, uh, over the summer, we ask our teachers to, uh, to participate in some, uh, uh, professional development, uh, along the line of providing online, uh, instruction. So, uh, you know, teachers do have to get some, uh, unscheduled, uh, in service, uh, uh, do their own time. So we ask them to, uh, to, to go online and to, uh, to do that training so that would, they would be better prepared to, to teach because again, it's a little bit teacher, different teacher platform. And we, we let me say to Jim, I, I heard this early on that we were trying to replace teachers or, you know, that is not the case. Uh, we certainly want all of our teachers, uh, uh, you know, to come back. We know that the very best learning takes place, uh, with a teacher in the classroom with his or her students. So, so this, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the laptops are, are not to replace teachers, but, uh, certainly as we talked about a little bit earlier, we cannot find ourselves in the same situation that we found ourselves in March. If, uh, if schools are closed, we have to have a way to, to, uh, make sure that the educational opportunities continue for our students and we're able to to introduce new learning and and even though that's not the best way uh that's that's what what we're going to have to do to try to make it work so uh uh we get these uh the laptops deployed get get them into the hands of our students uh uh internet access i mentioned that a little while ago uh uh, we've got, uh, you know, a number for families to call. I, um, I don't have that number on top of my head, but it's, uh, I know it's on our, on our website. And, and, uh, if, if somebody doesn't have a computer and can't access the website, you know, call us. <laughs> we'll make sure we, you, you, you get directed to, uh, the number that you can call so that we can help you with internet access. And let me just say too, the chamber, uh, chamber has really worked with us in terms of, of, uh, the internet access. Um, especially Amy Nolan with the, the Chamber of Commerce has worked with, uh, some of our folks in a task force. I'm not sure who all's on that task force, but, uh, uh, to make sure that, uh, we can get internet access to our families that don't have that. And, you know, it's, a the short term solution obviously is, uh, uh, maybe the hot spots, you know, for families, but, um, what would be nice, uh, for this, for our whole community is for internet access to be available to, to everyone. We know that's the way of the future and the way of the world. So, uh, uh, 
want to want to try to get uh, get that access for you know the whole community. But in the meantime, what's most important is is if we go to one to uh, if we have to go to remote learning only that we you know that our students have that internet access. So so the uh, the hotspots, uh, the laptops, uh, it's going to be a big job. Uh, we we've, we've had some one to one deployment before in the past. Just uh, we had several schools who who um, were able to participate in a one to one initiative several years ago, but we just had never have had the resources to uh, to enter into it like we like we are right now. So uh, the, I think our community and our students are very fortunate to uh, to be able to do this uh, for such a you know a large district, uh, roughly sixty thousand students. So um, you know it's a it's a it's a huge undertaking. But uh, uh, even sure. without COVID, uh, yeah, this is going to be an opportunity to. To extend the learning work, the learning day, if you will, or the learning week, if students have, uh, you know, access to their computers, uh, uh, we can also maybe offer some courses, uh, especially in high school, where you know students um, uh, maybe want to take an elective type course or or a course that uh, maybe they couldn't fit into their schedule, and uh, you know we might be able to uh, uh, offer that virtually, and so so students could could also get more opportunities to to take courses, and uh, you know this summer too we had uh, KCS at home and. And we had kids to log in and, and do some learning over the summer. We also uh, uh, offered an ACT prep course, and this this sort of really surprised me because as soon as we we offered that course, we had over 700, I believe it was 770 students. I don't have a final number, but just within the first couple of weeks that that was offered, we had 770 uh, something students sign up just for an ACT prep course, which you know, which again, that's that's something we can offer. Uh, every summer, you know, to students. And, yeah, you know, um, it's kind of interesting because the way things are evolving, even though this is a horrible crisis that we've been dealing with, you know, coming out of this, once this is in our rearview mirror, you know, the capability and how to serve students and how students can learn has only increased dramatically. Now, could you walk us through right. quickly, uh, Bob Thomas, Knox County Superintendent, can you walk us through the, the plan the school board just adopted for the upcoming school year, okay. KCS Connect. Walk us through this. Oh, okay, sure thing. And and uh, let me just say, we did a lot of listening. Uh, KCS uh, Connect didn't happen without getting a lot of input from stakeholders. Um, yeah, probably we had a survey that went out initially, and over thirty thousand people responded to that survey, which was really pretty incredible. Um, then we had focus groups uh, made up of students, teachers, parents, principals, and uh, our aftercare uh, providers. Uh, we had a task force. We asked each board member to uh, to name a person in their community that uh, that, that, that they would like to ha uh, represent their community on a task force. So we had a task force um, that, that met a couple of times and also looked at uh, you know looked at the, the survey information and also uh, uh, questioned staff uh, you know about different things. So. Um, we, we had input from all those sources, but uh, so what we came up with, and, and the survey pretty much indicated this, that uh, a, a large percentage, actually a majority percentage of folks who responded uh, wanted uh, in-person learning uh, to take place this fall. So, um, uh, and then, of course, there was a, uh, a large number, too, that, uh, that, that indicated an interest in a virtual learning program. So what, what we did, we put a plan together, and, and there's, there are basically three um, three models or indicators if you will there's a uh, the plan and you can find it online but it's uh, you know we, get, we either operate in green yellow or red um, so green 
Uh, I don't expect to see green <laughs> for a while. Green means that, hey, we're in standard operating protocols and, you know, everything is happening uh, uh, normally, you know, no face masks, no social distancing, hey, you know, just like it was pre-COVID. But uh, yellow means that uh, um, we're going to have the on-campus learning, but with increased uh, COVID-19 safety protocols. And those protocols, students and staff, uh, temperature checks when you get to school. So um, everyone will, will have a temperature check, um, which is going to be you know, a large undertaking just in itself. But uh, uh, we're asking parents, well, I mean, back up first, but if we're asking parents, you know, to, check, to, to make sure don't send your child to school if your child is sick and take temperature at home. And if they got they have a temperature of 100.4 or above, you know, keep them, keep them at home. Uh, but it, uh, when they get to school, we're going to check temperatures. If somebody has a temperature that's uh, greater than uh, 100.4 or greater, then we're going to isolate them. Parents will have to make arrangements to come back and, um, you know, and get, get their child at that point. Um, we're, we're uh, requiring masks. Um, uh, teachers and students and administrators, visitors, uh, uh, whoever on campus, uh, wear a mask. Uh, we know, you know, based on the, the information that's been out there for the last few weeks, how important wearing a mask is uh, and, and stop the spread. So um, now, if it can be a situation where physical distancing can take place, that uh, you know, that's a little different. But we know that uh, many of our schools, we're, we don't have that luxury of so much space that we can just physical distance all the time and always present a problem. Of course, uh, uh, entering school in the morning, leaving school in the afternoon, going to lunch, having lunch, uh, you know, all those kinds of situations present challenges, I guess, when, in terms of physical distancing. Um, but uh, uh, also hand washing, uh, uh we have hand washing, um, hand sanitizer as you enter the classroom will be, uh, the sanitizer will be mounted on the doorway there so that, uh, we can practice hand washing and, uh, physical distancing, wearing a mask. Uh, we'll also provide each classroom with, uh, disinfectant. So, uh, not asking our teachers to clean classrooms, but we know that there's, there's counter spaces, desk spaces, doorknobs, things of that nature. Uh, if, uh, our teachers could help with, uh, you know, just keeping those the high touch areas, I guess, if you would, uh, disinfected. So, um, and we've spent, uh, oh gosh, and we've spent over probably, I, I want to say, neighborhood of 1.1 to 1.2 million dollars, um, you know, just trying to get ready, you know, for school in terms of hand sanitizer and uh, just the things that it's going to take. Um, uh, we've also provided uh, the thermometers to two schools. Uh, we we allocated those out and. One thermometer for every 40 students of enrollment for schools, so schools will have plenty of those uh, thermometers. Uh, also, uh, uh, Russ Oaks, our chief operating officer, uh, came across a, a device that's sort of like a, a metal detector type thing. I've not seen it yet, but we've got one set up, but where students can actually walk through. Um, and we probably could do somewhere between 50, 60, maybe 70 students a minute just through a walkthrough device that checks uh, temperature. So some of our larger schools will put those devices to, you know, to help um, in terms of checking those temperatures when, when students and staff and visitors uh, get to school. So we've tried to, uh, you know, we've tried to, to take all the, the safety measures that we can and, and, and for, again, because that's important for our students and for our staff. So, uh, and visitors, we're limiting visitors to campuses, uh, unless you've got, uh, you need to make an appointment, um, you know, come on campus and again, temperature check and wear a mask. And, uh, 
So uh, also field trips, we've eliminated field trips first first semester. Uh, Transportation's a little bit of an issue because obviously the bus is only so large and you can't can't physically distance very well on a full bus. Uh, so, but we're we're trying to uh, um, make sure we can do as much as we can in terms of uh, providing safety on the bus. Uh, wear a mask on the bus. Again, asking parents to check temperature before they get on the bus. Hand wash before you get on the bus. Uh, once you get on that bus with the mask, uh, <laughs> then if, if you have siblings, uh, you know you, the siblings sit together and. We we'll try to physical distance as much as possible, but just realizing on a bus that's not going to be uh, possible all the time. We, we will sanitize in the, after the morning run and after the evening run. Um, it, we also weather permitting. You know, windows open on the buses. Uh, keep the air conditioning going, obviously, but but uh, windows open on the bus. Just uh, you know, keep fresh air going. So we're going to we're trying to do. Yeah, trying to do as much as we possibly can to 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 for the. For our students and our staff to have that uh, safe safe environment in which to teach and to learn. So um, those are those are for the in-person um, uh, learning that, that will take place. That's those are the kinds of things we're uh, we're doing and looking at uh, uh, to try. Hey, to help. Mr. Thomas, we're uh, we we need to get to our break. We're visiting with Bob Thomas, superintendent of Knox County Schools. When we come back. Well, you know, there is a virtual option. What type of response have they seen from that and the commitment parents need to make one way or the other? And uh, what about high school? What about sports in the fall? So stay tuned as we visit with Bob Thomas from Knox County Schools right here on More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Through his weekly radio show, television news appearances, and adult education classes taught at the University of Tennessee and Pellissippi State Community College, Jim taps into his extensive knowledge and experience to address issues important to living your best retirement. Join Jim every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. here on Newstalk 98.7 WOKI and visit him online at broganfinancial.com. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Jim Raven, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. You're listening to News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and we're privileged to have Bob Thomas, superintendent at Knox County Schools. Boy, I know he's been a busy guy these last several months, and uh, we appreciate him taking time out of his schedule. I do want to mention when it comes to education, you know, I've got my classes that I teach, adult education. My next class is at Pellissippi State on August the 13th and the 20th. Uh, it is uh, Thrive, How to Thrive Financially in Retirement. Two two-hour sessions. I have seven main topics that I cover that I think you need to know to be successful in your retirement planning. Uh, you can go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com to get a syllabus and for more information. We are offering the class both in person with distancing measures and masks, and we're offering it virtually. So you can choose either way, whatever suits your needs the best because I want to equip you with an information to make great decisions that can impact the quality of your life. Now, Bob Thomas, superintendent at Knox County Schools, you know, there's a, you were just talking about all the physical in-place things you're doing with temperature checks and masks and disinfectant, but there's also a virtual option. Um, how, right. how was that responded to? My understanding is you got maybe more response than you thought you would get with the virtual option. Can you walk us through that a little bit and what do you think that means for the experience uh, this fall? 
Okay, yeah. So, yeah, we uh, we sent out a few weeks ago a survey uh, to parents about interest. Uh, at that point, it was not an enrollment. Uh, it was just a, a, to, to look at or gauge the interest that uh, parents might have. And uh, pretty good response to that. So we, we opened up on, from, from the 15th, I believe it was July 15th to the 22nd, opened up the enrollment. And uh, as of yesterday afternoon, I think there's roughly about 17,500 or so uh, enrollment forms that we have. We're still working through a number of... uh, Um, That's out of about 60,000 students, right? So that's about 25%. Yeah, gosh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably going to be somewhere around 30, you know, 30% of our students, uh, when it's all said and done. We're, we're working through, uh, it'll take us through Monday, but working through some additional, uh, tickets that came in, uh, to schools to, to get that final number. So we'll have the final number, uh, sometime on Monday, but 17,500, roughly 30% of our students expressed that interest. So, uh, which is, which is great. Uh, we, we did, uh, we, we hired a principal and assistant principal for, uh, the elementary and secondary. Uh, uh so, uh, they've been working. Uh, they'll, they'll be in the process of hiring, uh, counselors and also, uh, uh, teachers. Uh, some of our teachers at our schools will be, become virtual program teachers and some will be, you know, in-person teachers. But, uh, yeah, first of all, parents had to, uh, register. What we're saying is that, uh, I wish we could be a little bit more flexible about this, but we just can't at this time. If you sign up for virtual learning program or in-person, that's where you are, uh, first semester. Uh, you'll have an opportunity at, at, at mid-semester, uh, probably in December. Uh, mid-December uh, to if you wish to switch uh, if you're in virtual and you want to come back to in-person or if you're in person and you want to uh, go to virtual you'll have that opportunity at the semester um, and again it's just because with the allocation of resources and trying to schedule it would just be be very difficult to have students just uh, going from one to w- one to the other you know back and forth especially right. when we're trying to get teacher classes that and and uh, the pace at the virtual learning program versus the, uh, the, you know, the in-person, just so there's some issues yeah, so there. People are making a decision start- one or the other, and then that'll get them through the end of the year, and then they can, they can you know, decide again as we head into January, I guess, because who knows where we'll be then. Oh, that's exactly right. And uh, just to say right now, you know, things are not looking good right now. We see the numbers going up every day. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I, you know, I wish I wish they were going the, the opposite direction, not going yeah. up, but going down, obviously. So, uh, but we're continuing to look, you know, continuing to look at that. And there's still a couple of weeks before your students come. So we'll, you know, and let me say, too, we're. Uh, I'll, I'll interrupt where I am with this. Just talk about we've got a great partnership with our health department, Dr. Buchanan and the folks that work over there, and we talk with them on a on a regular basis. And then and and then even in addition to the regular basis, there situations that usually come up during the day or whatever. So we're we may be talking with them multiple times a day. So so uh, you know getting their input because we know they, you know they're monitoring things. But uh, back to the virtual learning program, uh, parents once they enroll there there's an orientation for that so we're asking parents to uh you know that's a mandatory thing on the orientation to to go through that through that very uh that orientation and and we do have uh if, if parents hadn't had an opportunity to look to go online to uh go to uh kcs connect and uh, uh also there you, you can find a handbook a, parent, a student and a parent handbook for the virtual program. There's an elementary handbook, and then there's also a, a secondary handbook. So, you know, it That's goes right. into quite a bit of 
yeah, detail for what the expectations are for students and for parents and, and kind of how things are going to work. And uh, the virtual program will have a, it'll be a structured uh, kindergarten students um, be expected uh, to, to, to be in attendance from 8 to noon. Uh, in grades one through five, uh, from 8 a.m. to 2:30 p.m. and grades six through 12, uh, 8:30 to 3:30 p.m. So there'll there'll be structure there. I know parents, uh, uh, you know, in elementary, it's, it's probably going to be a little bit more challenging, maybe in secondary, but uh, uh, but but, well, but that all students some structure and some discipline to it, which would I would think would really help the kids get into routine, even though they're doing it virtually. Right, and that that was something that we we didn't have a good handle on in the spring too. Uh, so uh, uh, you know, our, our our day wasn't nearly as structured. Uh, it, what what did take place wasn't as structured as what's going going to uh, to to happen with the virtual learning program. So there'll be quite a bit more structure, and and uh, you know, students will be required to attend. Obviously, just like they do uh, in person school, they'll they'll be responsible yeah. for. Work assignments, homework, and things of that nature. So it's it's uh, it, you're you're not in school, but a lot of the same expectations are there. You know, in terms of your attendance and your work habits, your behavior, and communication with the uh, you know the teachers and schools and so forth. So, um, I, you know, it's going to be I, I, it's, 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 it's new it's new learning for us, but it's going to be a great opportunity. I feel like, and and like we talked about earlier, you know, once we come out of uh, this, then you know, schools schools may look. Uh, Look different, and uh, uh, that's going to be okay because the, the main thing is our students are going to get those educational opportunities that will allow them to be successful once once they leave uh, you know leave the the, the K twelve uh, school system. It's really amazing all the stuff you all have been able to get into place in really a short period of time. And when we come back with Bob Thomas, superintendent of Knox County Schools, uh, what happens at a school it, when a student or staff member does have a positive COVID-19 test, and what about fall sports? So stay tuned. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Thank you for listening to More Living with Jim Brogan. If you miss any of today's show or want to listen to it again, visit broganfinancial.com where you can access the podcast and other educational materials to help you in your journey through retirement. And now, here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Thanks for tuning in to More Living as we're visiting with Bob Thomas, Knox County School Superintendent. Uh, real quickly, do check us out on our website, broganfinancial.com. I know a lot of you are worried with all the government spending. What does this mean for our income tax system down the road? And I have a tax trap on-demand webinar that you can download and watch. Uh, you can also find out about my upcoming classes. My next one is August 13th and 20th. You can go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com. It's uh, you can either come in person for the two nights or you can attend virtually. How to thrive financially in retirement. Uh, Bob Thomas, Knox County School Superintendent. Um, what happens if or, or when, not if, but really when a student or staff member has tested positive for COVID-19? What happens? Okay, if uh, if the staff member student tests positive, then we will uh, immediately notify health officials. We do have a, a health service department, our Knox County Health Services Department, that that, that uh, they do an excellent job, and then uh, notify the Knox County Health Department, and they 
they at that point would initiate contact tracing protocols, uh, basically to determine how widespread maybe the exposure is, and then to notify uh, families and staff members that could be impacted. Uh, uh, if, of course, if the student or staff members on campus to be isolated until they can can uh, be can leave campus or parents can pick up their student. Um, then uh, again, we would maintain confidentiality with all that. There are certain uh, regulations that are around confidentiality. Uh, then we'll make a decision again in consultation with the health department uh, regarding the school if there if there needs to be a closure. Uh, also, additional measures to clean and sanitize the facility. And I didn't talk a lot about that. I hadn't talked to any about that. But we, on our daily routine, we're going to, and then throughout the day, too, just to let parents know we're going to be sanitizing, we're going to be cleaning. But back to what happens here, uh, if, if we need to uh, close a, a classroom or a, a hallway or even the school, uh, to take additional measures, then you know we'll do that. Clean and sanitize the facility. Um, then, Paul, could um, you have a situation where one school is on yellow and another school is on red, and it can be different from school to school? Actually, we we could, and that's something that, that we've not been able to do in the past either. Is to have a you know a particular school closed while keeping other schools open, unless it's been some type of a utility emergency or something of that nature. But yes, if there was an outbreak in a in a school, then you, you know we could that school could go to red, uh, while the other schools in the district would would be on yellow. So uh, again, there may be some opportunities, you know, for inclement weather days down the road and things of that nature when, uh, you know, when we've had to close schools and learning couldn't take place. So uh, uh, that may be, again, one of the uh, one of the positive outcomes of all this and being one-to-one. Um, but but yes, a, or a group of schools could even be closed or be on red sure. while other schools are on. So, so that, uh, that's a possibility. Um, and if the school is closed and student staff would move to online instruction uh, via our platforms, which are Canvas and, and Microsoft Teams, and um, uh, and then um, uh, in terms of uh, st- uh, of our employees, of course, uh, uh, you know, teachers and principals all all earn sick leave. So if someone had to be out an extended period of time, then yeah, you know, their their sick leave is an option, uh, you know, for them. Uh, in terms of uh, recovery process and also uh, and, uh, and there's some provisions around the family's first uh, coronavirus response act in our HR department human resources department uh, very familiar with those and, it, and we've been working with employees as a matter of fact uh, we, we employees may not want to come back to school so we've offered uh, uh, it, a leave of absence for a semester of course it's without pay uh, if you just don't they're not comfortable coming back right now. And we've had, uh, I think as of uh, uh, yesterday, maybe, Jim, maybe 50 employees that, that have indicated that, hey, I, I want to take a wow. semester off and, and won't be coming back. And I, I think we had maybe 13 who've applied for a medical leave, uh, which, which you know, those happen year to, from year to year anyway. And then we've had, uh, I think it was maybe eight or nine folks who have just said, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and retire. So, uh so, which is fine. So about uh, about 72 people, I think, right now, you know, in, in one of those three categories that, uh, in terms of, uh, of of the fall. So, so we we feel like we've yeah. been pretty generous there. Folks, not maybe don't want to take a lead. You know, we're going to grant hey, that. We've just got it. about. We we literally just have about one minute left. Can you talk a little bit about the guidelines from TWSAA about sports and how important sports are, and and what the plan is oh, for God. now? 
Yes, well, uh, sports very important. We know uh, in, in our extracurricular activities, we know a lot of students uh, uh, come to school just to just participate in uh, sports, and they're successful academically too. But uh, in extracurricular, but yes, TWSWA put some uh, rules uh, or some regulations out this week. We have looked at those. We haven't had an opportunity to uh, get in a discussion about those yet. Plan to do that next week. But uh, uh, yeah, from what I understand, TWSWA put out is temperature checks. You know, for for fans. Uh, uh, they're attending family attending games will be temperature checks uh, mask will be required physical distancing i'm not sure jim how we're gonna <laughs> uh, it's, it's gonna be hard enough trying to have school but uh you know we'll do whatever we need to do but uh it's gonna be a challenge uh, uh for those restrictions and right now you know football can't can't happen i mean they can practice but there's no contact and no scrimmaging and uh right now the only sports that could be allowed if we started school back i think volleyball and golf and, and uh, cross country. Uh, now the governor, you know, will, will probably make some kind of ruling on that maybe in the next next few weeks so that we can determine what football season will look like. But uh, there are going to be some real challenges uh, there. Bob Thomas, Knox yes. County Superintendent, unfortunately we're out of time. How can people continue to follow with things as they evolve at Knox County? Oh gosh, uh, just uh, our website. Uh, uh, we we try we use a uh, you know the uh, our, our Twitter, uh, Facebook website. Uh, we'll call uh, Bucks County Schools if you've got a question. You know we'll put you uh, put you to the right person. So uh, there, there's all we're trying to trying to communicate yes, as sir. many ways as we know that folks uh, are looking for. So. Well, you've been very, I know your, your schedule's been crazy. You've been very generous time with your time. Thank you so much, Bob Thomas, Knox County School Superintendent, for coming with us this morning. Thank you to Chris running well, the board. You. Thank you, Jill, producing the show as you've been listening to More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.